0: Chapter 27 of The Star Chamber, Unhistorical Romance, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley, Llano County, Texas, USA the star chamber volume one by william harrison ainsworth chapter twenty seven the puritan's prison hugh calvelli it has already been intimated was lodged in a vault beneath the gateway the place was commonly used as a sort of black hole for the imprisonment of any refractory member of the royal household or soldier on guard guilty of neglect of duty. Circular in shape, it contained a large pillar to which iron rings and chains were attached. The walls were of stone, the roof arched with ribs springing from the pillar that supported it, and the floor was paved. Window there was none, but air was admitted through a small grated aperture in the roof and thus imperfectly ventilated it will not be wondered at that the vault should be damp moisture constantly trickled down the walls and collected in pools on the broken pavement but unwholesome as it was and altogether unfit for occupation it was deemed good enough for those generally thrust into it and far too good for its present tenant as the prisoner exhibited no violence the thongs with which his hands were bound were removed on his entrance to the vault and he was allowed the free use of his limbs the breastplate in which he was clad was taken from him and his vesture was again closely searched but no further discovery was made either of concealed weapon or of any paper or letter tending to show that he had accomplices in his dread design the only thing found upon him indeed was a small bible and this after it had been examined he was permitted to retain to the interrogatories put to him by master dendy the sergeant-at-arms he returned the briefest answers and when he had said as much as he thought fit he obstinately refused to make further reply incensed at his perversity and determined to extort a full confession in order that it might be laid before the king the sergeant-at-arms ordered the manacles to be applied but though the torture was exquisite he bore it with firmness and without uttering a groan maintaining the same determined silence as before had he dared master dindy would have had recourse to severer measures but having no warrant for any such proceeding he was obliged to content himself with threats to these hugh Calvelli replied with a grim smile of contempt but as the sergeant-at-arms was departing to make his report to sir thomas lake he said i have something to disclose but it is for the king's ear alone better reveal it to me rejoined dendy halting i have it in my power to render your situation far more tolerable or to inflict greater torment upon you make your choice deal with me as you please returned hugh calvelly sternly what i have to say is to the king and to the king only and though you break every bone in my body with your engines and tear off my flesh with red-hot pinchers you shall not force the secret from me master dendee looked at him and felt disposed to place him in the dreadful instrument of torture called skeffington's irons which was hanging against the wall but the consideration that had hitherto restrained him namely, that he was without authority for the step, and might be called to account for it, weighed with him still. Wherefore he contented himself with ordering the prisoner to be chained to the pillar, and having seen the injunction obeyed, he left him. In this miserable plight Hugh Cavelli remained for some hours, without light and without food. How the time was passed, none knew but the two yeomen of the guard who entered the vault found him on his knees absorbed in prayer they brought a lamp with them and refreshments of a better kind than those usually afforded to a prisoner and set them before him but he refused to partake of them the only favor he besought was permission to read his bible and the lamp placed within reach he was soon deeply engrossed in the perusal of those pages from which, when earnestly sought, consolation has ever been derived under the most trying circumstances. Sir Jocelyn had forborne to visit the prisoner from a fear that his presence might be painful, but the office imposed upon him by the king left him no alternative, and about midnight he descended to the vault, to ascertain from personal inspection that hugh calvelli was in safe custody the door was unlocked by the halberdier stationed at it and the young man found himself alone with the prisoner he was inexpressibly shocked by the spectacle he beheld as he had no idea how severely the unfortunate puritan had been treated nor of the sort of prison in which he was confined Hugh Calvelli, who was still intently reading the Bible, which he had placed upon his knee while he held the lamp near it, to throw the light upon its leaves, did not appear to be disturbed by the opening of the door, nor did he raise his eyes. But, at last, a deep groan issuing from the breast of the young man aroused him, and he held up the lamp to ascertain who was near— on discovering that it was sir jocelyn he knitted his brow and after sternly regarding him for a moment returned to his bible without uttering a word but finding the other maintained his post he demanded almost fiercely why he was disturbed can i do aught for your relief rejoined the young man at least i can have those chains taken off thou speakest as one in authority cried hugh calvelly regarding him fixedly art thou appointed to be my jailer sir jocelyn made no answer but averted his head this only was wanting to fill up the measure of my scorn for thee pursued the puritan thou art worthy of thine office but show me no favor for i will receive none at thy hands i would rather wear these fetters to my death however much they may gall my limbs than have them struck off by thee i would rather rot in this dungeon ay though it were worse than it is than owe my liberation to thee the sole favor thou canst show me is to rid me of thy presence which is hateful to me and chases holy thoughts from my breast Putting evil in their place. Why should this be so, O friend of my father? exclaimed Sir Jocelyn. And why should my presence be hateful to you? There is no man living whom I would less willingly offend than yourself. And in all I have done, where you have been concerned, I have had no free agency. Judge me not then too harshly. I commiserate your situation from the depths of my heart. "'and would relieve it, were it possible.' "'Then wherefore persist in troubling me?' rejoined Hugh Cavelli, "'Have I not good cause for my dislike of you? "'You have disappointed the expectations I have formed of you. "'You failed me when I put your professions to the test. "'You thwarted my design at the moment when its success was certain, "'and when the tyrant was completely in my power. "'But for you I should not be here.' Loaded with these fetters, or if I were, I should be consoled by the thought that I had liberated my country from oppression instead of being crushed by the sense of failure. What seek you from me, miserable time server? Have you not had your reward for the service you have rendered the king? Is he not grateful enough? I have served as your stepping stone to promotion. What more can I do? You can cease to do me injustice, returned Sir Jocelyn. Honours procured as mine have been are valueless, and I would rather be without them. I sought them not, they have been forced upon me. Look at the matter fairly, and you will see that all these consequences, whether for good or ill, have sprung from your own desperate act. It may be so, rejoined the Puritan. I will not dispute it, but though ill has accrued to me and good to you, I would not change positions with you. You will wear the tyrant's fetters forever. I shall soon be free from mine. Have you nothing to say concerning your daughter? demanded the young man. Nothing, replied the Puritan with an expression of deep pain, which, however, he checked by a mighty effort i have done with the world and desire not to be brought back to it and you refuse to be freed from your chains my sole desire as i have said is to be freed from you that wish at least shall be granted replied sir jocelyn as with a sad heart he departed End of chapter twenty seven. Recording by Bill Mosley, Llano County, Texas, USA.